1: If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. And right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required.
2: This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156.
0: Welcome in pro wrestling fans here to another weekend edition of busted open radio podcast edition i'm your weekend host ryan McKittle, and i am joined as always by the world's strongest man mark henry and mark we got a hell of a show for the listeners here today including a recap of smackdown last night and one of the more enjoyable storylines kind of emerging from that show and that is what is exactly going to happen with the intercontinental title and this intercontinental title championship tournament that uh, just got kicked off last night
2: Wow, man, I, I, I'm I'm excited about the tournament. I think that Daniel Bryan is the catalyst after the promo that he cut, but more than anything, after the match that he had. It the was match that he had was spectacular, and I think that going forward, this this tournament is just beginning. It's just beginning.
0: It is. It's just beginning. We're going to run over some of our favorite intercontinental champions of the past, and who we think is going to walk away as the champion of this tournament. As we mentioned, just getting underway for the intercontinental title. Also joining the show here today on this Saturday, author John Snowden, whose recent book Shamrock, the World's Most dam- Dangerous Man, is uh, well, it's released to critical acclaim. Market It is a story that people are engaged with; they're liking it, and as a story that hadn't really been told. And Mark also. It's a story that you live side by side in the Attitude Era with one uh, Ken Ken Shamrock.
2: Most definitely. uh, Ken Shamrock was definitely one of the most dangerous men that I've ever met. And his story, uh, people are going to find out, is his his life story was more interesting than his fight and wrestling career
0: which is uh saying something given what that man was able to accomplish uh most dangerous man in the rings and uh, a pretty dangerous man in the bedroom what does that mean i don't know you'll have to stick around and figure out what exactly that means and also mark it wouldn't be a saturday show here on busted open if we didn't have our weekly winner
2: gotta have the weekly winner Uh, i'm not gonna let the cat out of the bag but let's just (laughs) say that it's it's a surprise And if you ain't first, you're last. This
0: is busted open radio on a Saturday. I'm Ryan. That is Mark. Click that play button and let's get it going. I think the biggest takeaway from last night was the uh, kickoff of the intercontinental championship championship title tournament. It's an exciting time. Obviously Sammy Zayn relinquishing the title. Also, I really enjoyed Sammy uh, last night. I don't know if you were following along on social media. He was keeping the storyline going uh, as far as social media goes and essentially how dare these people even compete for my title. They should be ashamed of themselves, et cetera, et cetera. I I really like that element um, that that Sammy's not letting that storyline go too far from, you know, the public's, uh, the public's mind.
2: You know what, man? Like, uh, you can't criticize somebody for trying to keep themselves safe. No. And if if you feel like, you know, I mean, I don't know if he's compromised and is more likely to, you know, contract the virus. And if he did contract it, that it it would take him out. But it's his body. It's his. And you only got one. Yep. And there's billions of dollars out there you can't get them all and um especially, I'm not if, gonna, you're
0: de- especially if you're dead mark
2: especially if you're dead great point right <laughs> great point look at the big brain all right yeah i think the, it's, more,
0: <laughs> yeah, kind of, it's just if it's a brain thing or just a, a logic and reason thing but yeah no I'm, I'm with you as far was, as sammy com- yeah
2: <laughs> yeah like uh I, I gotta i gotta side with the error of caution sure and Um, Whether it's a story or not, if it's the truth or not, I'm 100% into it because, you know, it's relevant conversation in this time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So when you look at this IC title, obviously Sami Zayn relinquishing the title, we get two winners last night, uh, Daniel Bryan, as we talked about getting uh, the win over Drew Gulak in a mat based match. And then you talk about Elias and King Corbin, two uh, two of the friends of the show here, Mark, two guys that you know very well, and, and, and it was a little bit different of a match as opposed to Daniel Bryan and Drew Gulak, a little bit more hard hitting, a little bit more shenanigans, but I think in the end, the big story is Elias walking away with the dub and moving on in the tournament.
2: Yeah, man, I was I was sitting there, and I was, I actually went, oh, oh, they got me. Okay. <laughs> I see what y'all doing. Like, man, it was it was it was a one of those one of those shockers that you was not expecting, and bro, it was really good. Like last night was a good show, and it's gonna be hard for me later on. But like right now, uh, I thought that it wasn't an average show; it was a good show. Yeah. And of course, you know what? It's they haven't had the best. They SmackDown has probably came in last or next to last uh the last month. Yeah. Maybe the last month and a half. And for them to have a show this good, I just gotta uh commend them. I I'm, i mean it's it's, it's what is what is what's necessary, it's what's needed.
0: Yeah. I mean everybody delivered from Charlotte Flair. And Sasha wow. and Bailey uh, to the drama to as uh, yeah, but the, the the promos, the great promo by Brian, which we've already talked about, the comedic relief from Otis, which we hit on. It just it was a well paced show. You're absolutely right. And then at the end of the day. It was, it felt like to me, a big portion of the show was this IC title, which again, really kicked off at the, the, the kind of feel of the show with Daniel Bryan's great promo. And it kind of carried it through for me. And, and then it, it kept bringing me back to the title tournament mark from the standpoint of, all right, well, where is this thing going to go? Because when you look at the matchups on one side of the bracket, AJ Styles, Shinsuke Nakamura, obviously Elias getting the win over King Corbin, then the other side, Jeff Hardy and Sheamus, And now we know Daniel Bryan moving on from Gulak. So the way this shapes up. I mean, you could have Daniel Bryan versus, let's say, Jeff Hardy, and then you could have Elias versus AJ Styles. AJ goes over on Elias. Maybe Jeff Hardy goes over on Daniel Bryan. Maybe Daniel wants to kind of do that for Jeff Hardy. And then you've got AJ Styles versus Jeff Hardy in the main event, a little ode to impact. I don't know if that's going to happen, right? It could also be Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles. Hell, it could be Daniel Bryan against his old buddy, Shinsuke Nakamura. There is so much, and we talked about this, right? So much meat on the bone mark i love the idea of this tournament and i love the idea that it's going to be match based and and tactical and 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 again match match centric match focused
2: yeah and and it was balanced too there was not one point where you sat and go you know what man i think i'm gonna go get a snack this is kind of boring or anything there was no boring points in the show i mean that's that's hard to do Even with some of my favorite shows, even with watching NXT and AEW on Wednesday, which I think Wednesday is the best show. Wednesday is the best day of the week because, one, we have two shows. (laughs) We got variety. (laughs) And I I just was blown away, man. I really was blown away. And I, I hope that they continue. Uh, to to do that because it, it makes sense and, and and let's not let's not negate the Forgotten Sons promo. The the Forg- Forgotten Sons the promo point. was yeah. really really good, and you talk about a, another match, Dana Brooke and uh, uh, Naomi. Another another head scratcher, but it was also an, another surprise. Like you got another surprise, and the match was good. The, the girls are working their ass off, man. Like, I, I mean, yesterday, Dave and I mentioned the kind of the pecking order of the top 10, top 12 uh, women wrestlers. And they have enough talent. They have about 30 women on all the shows combined. They have enough women to have their own show. They could have the evolution show. And then still perform on all other shows, but have an all woman show. They have enough talent for it. And that and those uh the things that happen on that show could spill into the other shows. But you gotta put Dana Brooke and Naomi in that conversation. Nat- Natalia. You have to be able to put them uh in, in in that Alexa Bliss and the list goes like there's there's that top twelve. And then the next 12...
0: Really good. How, how about the twelve after that? How about then we go into like Tony Storm and Tegan oh Knox?
2: Oh my God! Yes.
0: I mean there. I mean, and listen, it is it is almost. I, I've I've talked about it, and we talked about it on this show. I can't think of another point in history where the WWE roster has been so stacked from top to bottom. It's almost honestly, it's almost a problem <laughs> to the standpoint where they have so much talent. It's like you said, Mark. You could easily open up an all women's show, and you'd have. You'd have plenty that you could do with that. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, I I do go back to you talk about it being well paced. You talked about it being well put together. It absolutely was from the men to the women and and the promos and the matches and everything in between. It was a solid show. Let me ask you about this before. I do want to get into the women uh, coming up here in a second. I do want to talk about specifically. I bet you do. The heel turn of Bailey, which Mark, the heel turn of Bailey now has been going on for a while. It might've actually finally caught on with me a little bit last night, but before we get to that, Uh I want to talk about favorite intercontinental champions because that promo that Daniel Bryan cut last night really had me feeling sort of ways, right? It had me feeling nostalgic. It had me, it had me feeling hopeful for the future and I think for a large fan or for a large portion of the fan base, they came up and the listeners out there listening today on this Saturday, maybe they didn't live through the era that I lived through. They, they, maybe they didn't they live didn't. through the era that, that you lived through, Mark. And that era was an era where the intercontinental title meant a whole lot more than it has in recent years. Yes. And I and, and I brought up a couple names already. I mean, probably my favorite intercontinental champion perfect. of all time. Yeah, probably Savage. perfect. Yeah, no, perfect in Bret Hart and their rivalry. In SummerSlam '91. I mean, that—that that is what I think of when I think of the Intercontinental Title. What about you, Mark?
2: You know what, man? I, I can sit here right now. I could think of Perfect. I could think of Savage. I could think of Bret Hart. And even lately, like in the last three to four years, when Dolph Ziggler had it, Dolph Ziggler yeah. was the man. He was the man. His matches were great. They. Anytime that there was crossover where he was not wrestling uh, for the IC title, uh, he still won. He still got over against people that he, you know, you would have thought, oh, yeah, he's going to go in there and get drubbed. You know, <laughs> I watched the match with him and, in him and Big Show when he was the uh, champ, and uh, I just knew that he was, you know, going to get wiped the floor with and he made that a hell of a match and won. And I was like, okay, I see what they doing. I see what I, okay, Dolph, I see you. And there was another guy that came right behind that. And that big show loss. And it was a, uh, a hall of pain, Mark Henry. And he beat a hall of pain, Mark Henry. So he, he was, Dolph handled his business and There was not one show where you can say, oh, the show sucked because Dawes' match was bad. He carried that title and made it mean something. I I don't know if this meant more than when he had it, uh, as opposed to Bret Hart and Savage and Perfect.
0: Well... That's an interesting discussion, right? Because I think 10, 15 years has to go by and we have to look at the business collectively and then, and then kind of make that decision and look at it, you know, retrospectively if you will. Right. But I think when you talk about great intercontinental champions of the last, I don't know, decade or more, I think Dolph absolutely jumps off the page and he would, Ms. was not bad at all. Um, I'll, I'll throw another one in there. How about Cody Rhodes?
2: Cody's Cody's run was good. And, and you know what? I'm gonna tell you why Cody's run was good. When kids start going, I want, they, they, they made the title white. It had a white background. And my son, Jacob, who, you yep. know, friend of the show. <laughs> Jacob Obviously. wants that that can I have uh a title, uh, IC title? I want the white one that like like has got. And I was like, hmm. And that's telling. When you start selling merchandise and the title has an identity yes, for you, you've changed it. You, you've done something. And uh, Cody was able to do that. Good call, man. Good well, call. There
0: you go. Oh, it's an IC title. It means a lot to a lot of fans out there, and it's going to mean something again because I feel like this title tournament is, uh, yeah, it's exciting. It's exciting. I'm really excited to see how these matches play out.
2: Like what you're hearing? Catch Busted Open live Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation Channel 156 or on
3: demand with the SiriusXM app.
0: Joining the show right now. We are very pleased to be joined by author Jonathan Snowden, also senior writer of Bleacher Report. His most recent book, Shamrock, The World's Most Dangerous Man, is getting rave reviews. John, I've been following this. You know this. I've known you for a very long time. I follow this story. I was very excited for this book release. I know there was a lot of anticipation from the fans. I'm sure there were some nerves on your end. Now this book is out. It's getting critical acclaim. The likes of Dave Meltzer you know, raving about it. Fans raving about it but john i do go back to the original part of that this was a labor of love right like this 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 started from a truly grassroots sort of movement on your end
3: yeah absolutely um you know i I think it's so important that we protect the history of things like professional wrestling and mixed martial arts um those two things in particular i think because the history tends to get rewritten a lot and so uh you know i i knew that Ken Shamrock had been such a pivotal part of the growth of MMA and I wanted to make sure that everybody else knew that. So this is the story of of Ken, but also the story of of the early days of of fighting in Japan and America. So it's uh, the book serves two purposes that way.
0: Well, uh, you have this book, obviously Shamrock, the world's most dangerous man. But you talk about history. You also have shooters, the toughest men in professional wrestling that you penned, and you penned the MMA encyclopedia. So, yes, you are an author. Yes, you are a sports writer. But you are also a historian uh, to a a large extent. And, John, I, I go back to the labor of love part of this. This was put on. This idea was put on. This book was essentially started with this. As you said, yes, you want to preserve history. But you really went all out in trying to make this book happen you invested your own money. This was, you know, crowdsourced to a large extent that that's one of the most fascinating things I find out about this story. And this book that you released was, was how much passion you put in into this story.
3: Yeah. I, I wanted to make sure this was done correctly. And and when you work with a traditional publisher, there's a, a lot of timelines. Like I, I spent three years doing this book and you know, that would not have, that would not have flied. Well, you know, there would have been deadlines <laughs> and there would have been people and, and, and with the, you know, something like with Frankly, with something like pro wrestling and MMA that, you know, people from the outside world are just like, it's not that important. Why do you care that much? Like, well, why is it so important that you get every little thing about Ken Shamrock in this book? Let's just get it out. That would be their mindset. That not, was not my mindset. My mindset is that Ken is a, a legitimate legend in this sport. And he deserves a book, like a real book, like you would write about Michael Jordan, you know, like you would write about Tiger Woods. Like, you know, he's Ken Shamrock. He, he deserves that that kind of respect. And, and that, that was my mindset going into it.
2: John, you uh, I had a question for you earlier. Uh, how much impact and how much uh, did, did Ken Shamrock himself actually contribute uh, to this project?
3: I mean, a ton. I, I don't think I, I could have done it without Ken, obviously. You know, he, he was a, the architect of his own story in a lot of ways. Uh, we probably talked for over 100 hours, um, almost all of it in, in person. Um, that that was part of why this uh, project took so long is that uh, we started off with the uh, two phone interviews, and, and Ken uh, said, I'm not doing any more phone interviews. <laughs> and so um, he, he didn't like talking on the phone for that long. It hurt his head, and he was just like, you know, you're going to have to come out here. And so I, I flew out to his house a couple of times in Reno, Nevada, and and met him on the road a couple of times. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, Ken, Ken is all over this book. It's his story.
2: Wow. Uh, I, I traveled the roads back and forth with Ken. Ken was a, uh, an exceptional athlete and a, a tough guy uh there was a time we were in Cincinnati, Ohio, at the uh old garden, and you know of course, there's no more now uh they've they've torn it all down, but uh him, the rock, and Billy Gunn kept saying who was faster who's who could jump the highest who was who's the better athlete and he was like all of them were like neck and neck and everything. Ken Shamrock was as good an athlete as as we had in the company. And, uh, did he, did he talk about that much? Did he talk about his competitive juices? I mean, the competitive juices are, are why he was partly why
3: he was still fighting when he was 50 years old. Right. Like, you know, well, <laughs> that's that, just a, 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 a part of him. Right. That's what, that's what he's about. He, he definitely, uh, you know, he, he told me uh, about how important it was it's in his whole life to be better than, than, other people. Like that's what drives him. And so, uh, Chris Yarko told a story that was kind of like that, where, uh, you know, they were when they were working together, uh, a lot of it was Ken was chasing him or chasing Howard Finkel around the arena. And, and uh, you know, one time Chris was running from Ken and, and he got to the back and he kind of slowed down because, you know, the fans weren't there anymore. He said Ken just kept flying and, and tackled him backstage. There's no camera. Nobody's looking. And, uh, and Ken was like, I knew I could catch you. I knew I was faster than you were. And uh, so that, that definitely was Ken's mindset for sure.
2: That's awesome. Oh, my God. That's a great story.
0: That is, we're here with John Snowden, author and sports writer and, uh, well, historian, world's most dangerous man, Shamrock, the world's made most dangerous man, out now, you can get it on Amazon, you can get it wherever your books are, but John, you can get this book pretty much everywhere, right? I saw it went worldwide, uh, what, this week, uh, last week, it's very exciting. Yeah, so you can get it
3: uh, on Amazon, pretty much anywhere that you live, uh, it's at barnesandnoble.com, um, other things are a little bit slowed down, like your local bookstore, maybe, because sure, of sure. Uh, the coronavirus, um, so yeah. Um, that's unfortunate, but you know, at, at the major stores, you can you can order it. Then they can they they can handle that.
2: Well, there you go. We're here. John, with John I, have a, I have a question for you, man. Um, you know, I'm not a friend of yours, but I know you. I've seen you before. And um, when 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 you come up with an idea for a project like this, and you start doing your research, like, what is the thing that you want to get out of the book the most? Like is this is, do you, and I'm and I'm I'm gonna throw a couple of things. Do you want to get the true story out? Do you want to promote some of salacious gossip? Do you want to um, have people feel for this person that you're writing about uh, in a way that they haven't experienced that or the world hasn't experienced that person that you're writing about? What is the thing that you most want to relay? when you start these projects?
3: Well, that's a really good question. Um, I, I'd say the true story is, is number one. That's what I do. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I appreciate what you do. Uh, yeah, I think true story is, is number one, and also like to, to allow the world a, a better uh, glimpse at, at who the person is. Um, when, when I started the project, I didn't know there would be salacious gossip, so that,
2: that came later. Um, you should have called and, me. I started talking to him. I, I should have. Hey, man, Ken would probably want to beat me up if, if I told some of the stuff that I've seen and heard. Now, that was a legit worry. Like, for
3: real, a lot of the people I talked to were worried um, that Ken would hurt them uh, because of what they said. Um <laughs> Oh my God, that's uh, so, too much. So that that was another way that Ken helped with this book, because Ken was in a place in his life where he wanted he wanted to tell the truth about how he had lived his life. You know, he's found Jesus now, and it's a, you know, and, and it's part of his testimony is that you know he talks about the things he's done that were wrong in his life, and so uh, one of the ways that Ken helped a lot is that he would tell people like his friends and his fighters that had worked with him over the years, he would tell them like, Hey, it's okay to tell this guy the the truth. And, and once Ken did that, the interviews changed a lot and the stories I was getting changed. Cause before that they, they were telling me basically their media story, you know, how like uh, fighters and, and wrestlers and everybody has basically the same interview they give to everyone in the media. Um, it's the story they tell. Um, and I got that. And then it was after Ken gave them permission basically uh, they had all these stories that I think they've kind of held in like a vault for like twenty or thirty years. Some of them, some of them, and they've, they've just been waiting They've been dying to tell somebody these stories, and and finally they had the chance. Ken gave them permission, and um, then we were off and rolling.
2: Man, listen, um, the top ten Ken Shamrock story. Like we were on the road, and I don't know what city we were in, but I remember seeing Ken coming into the hotel, and he went in his room. And our rooms were right next to each other. And um, I was down in the bar till about midnight, one o'clock. I got in my room, I'm like, all right, I'm gonna go to sleep, get up, work out, have a good show. All of a sudden the bang, 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 bang. And I'm like, what in the fuck is that sound? And I kinda, you know, really put my ear to the wall. the <laughs> pervert that I am and it was uh, it was Ken like he was going in I wasn't there to see who it was but I mean it was bang 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 and I was like fuck this went on for about an hour he's a very passionate guy is it ever gonna stop and then it finally stopped and I was like oh fuck, good I'm gonna go to sleep and I tried it was about 115 now and then all of a sudden Bang! 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 Boom! Boom! Bling! I mean, I like they tore the room up, and it went <laughs> on for about three hours before well, I, I mean, sure. I had my head. I had my pillow over my head, just trying to go to sleep, and you just couldn't. It was just wait, like they destroyed that. That there was some furniture moving going on in that room.
0: Well, John, maybe that was uh, – I was going to say, John, maybe it was uh, Alicia Webb, also known as uh, Ryan Shamrock on WWF-TV, and maybe the reason he had that stamina was maybe he was on a, a shit ton of drugs. Like, your book is nuts, man. We find out that <laughs> Shamrock has been dealing ecstasy. We find out, yes, that he was you know hooking up with Ryan Shamrock. Uh, we we there, there, there are some wild details in this book. I guess I'll just ask you this because we're getting a little shorter on time. What was your biggest surprise from this book, like where, where Ken Shamrock or someone – told you a story where your jaw just hit the floor? Uh, definitely the fact that he was
3: selling ecstasy while he was a WWF wrestler was, was, uh, was definitely a big surprise. He, like, I knew Ken had grown up rough. You know, that's part right. of his, back, his origin story. Um, so you kind of expect, like, when he was a younger man, he might have gotten into some of that kind of stuff. I, I didn't expect that he was deep into it while he was famous on television. Um, one funny thing, though, from for Mark's story, um, that, this is how many people I talked to and at what length. Um, two different people told me stories about how Ken broke their bed having sex with girls in their in
2: their house. So uh, that that's just how Ken did it, I guess. I, I don't know. <laughs> I guess that was his way. Hey, it looked <laughs> looked like he gave Ryan Shamrock more than his name. <laughs> <laughs> he gave her something. Uh, bro- broke a broke a
3: water bed, bro- broke a bed at another guy's house. Um, poor, people poor remember Ryan that. Shamrock. when you break their.
0: Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you say people remember. People don't forget. People don't forget. We're here with John Snowden, author of Shamrock, the World's Most Dangerous Man. So, John, obviously, there's a lot of wild details in this. Uh, you know, Shamrock almost killing a guy in a bar fight, which people have heard, I think, some of that story. You know, the the steroid and illegal drug use. But the thing that I also found interesting about this story, yes, you spoke with Shamrock for close to 100 hours or whatever it was. But you also got stories from other legends and people that chime in on this book as well, <laughs>
3: Yeah. Mm. Oh yeah, I mean, I did over a hundred interviews for for this book. Wow. Uh, most of the most of the fighters from the Lions Den, uh, Ken's family his kids. Um, I talked to his favorite stripper in San Diego. Like uh, if, <laughs> if you knew Ken Shamrock, I tried to talk to you. Apparently, I should have talked to Mark. <laughs> I didn't know he had so many good stories. But Bro. yeah, there's a, a lot of people. <laughs> so it was definitely a. a, a a huge uh, amount of work, but but, but I think in, in the end it was worth it to, to get Ken's story out there and share it with the world. And it's not just all um, gossip about drugs and stuff. Like It's also the stories about how fighting was created and how these guys kind of uh, came into the ultimate fighting championship. They didn't know what it was. No one did. And they, they, they invented it. Uh, that you know, Ken Shamrock is a, a pioneer in a real sense, not the way that we say about someone who started in 2005. You know, he he was at the first one. You know, so um, yeah. it's also the story of of how uh, fighting was created the uh, UFC. So it's uh, uh, Ken's done a lot in his life, and uh, I tried to put every every bit of it uh onto the page.
0: Well, John, we appreciate the hard work. We appreciate the dedication. We appreciate you uh, telling that story. and We appreciate you giving us a few minutes, man. I feel like we could go an hour. I feel like there's just endless places we could take this. But unfortunately, we only had, uh, well, we only had that window. But I- I'm glad the listeners got to find out a little bit more about this book. I'm glad you got to tell the story. And uh, man, I wish you all the best in the future. I can't wait to read the next one.
2: Good luck, man. All
0: right. Thank you, guys. Hey, I appreciate it. The landscape of pro wrestling is evolving, which means more options for fans. So many activities! Mark Henry and Ryan McKinnell are here to answer the difficult questions. What was the best show this week? You ain't first, you're last. The week's over, so get over. This is the Busted Open Weekly Winner. Yes, 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 you hear the music that usually signals in... One of my favorite parts of the week for any show, especially here on busted open. It is time for our weekly winner where we give our favorite show in the pro wrestling world. Mark, I think I went first the last couple of times uh, when we did weekly winner. So I'm going to let you do the honors today on this Saturday. What's the date? Yeah, it's May 16th. This Saturday, May 16th. Who's your weekly winner in the world of pro wrestling?
2: Well, it's no secret. That last night's show resonated very well with me. There was no weakness in the show. Uh, I would have to go back to uh, to Raw. Raw was a good show. Uh, there was so much that, that happened um, as related to after the pay-per-view and everything that happened at the pay-per-view. And I, I love the fact that, you know, we had the moment with Becky, where you know she's gonna go and be a mom, and Oscar's yeah. gonna go and be uh, the champion, and uh, the big reveal of 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 Otis uh, having the briefcase now, and you know what is he gonna do with it? Like all of that speculation. Uh, Monday Night Raw was a good show for not just for promos and to watch Seth Rollins be in a place where he was. I mean, it was, even though he was standing there with a blank look and a puzzled look, it was really, really good television. Man, it was good TV. And then you go to Wednesday. <laughs> well, I mean, I, Wednesday is my holiday. It's, 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 <laughs> every Wednesday is a holiday. I get two forms of wrestling, different styles, different companies, and both are trying to outdo each other, and it is an unbelievable day for me. That's my day of the week. Wednesday is the day for Mark Henry, and it was no different this week. Um, watching Kenny Omega and Matt Hardy um, against the Jericho's fun bunch of the the goofy bunch of I, I'm, I'm the name is slipping me. The, well, you know, it, it keeps
0: going back and forth, right? You're talking about they, they, Santana or Santana or Ortiz, but they were pro, uh, proud and powerful, pride and powerful, pride. Yeah, that was it, proud and powerful.
2: Bro, they've changed their name so many times, <laughs> the, but, but they're, they're, they're the fun. But I just call them the fun Punch. Yeah. I can dig that. Let's go. And and it was really good, man. And, and Cody coming into the arena, even though. You know, he kind of bumped the barricade. He didn't really tear anything up. Uh, Him and and Lance Archer, man, shit. Jake Roberts cutting promos and it being those mind game promos that he cut his whole life. Hell of a damn show. And then you flip the channel. And then you got Matt Riddle and Timothy Thatcher having – Arguably the best match during the pandemic, outside of Undertaker and AJ Styles at WrestleMania, I, I was the I was entertained the most with their match. They beat the dog shit out of each other. Mm-hmm. There was blood welts on the ribs and the thigh, like an MMA fight, where uh, Timothy Thatcher was punching Lam- punching um, God, I, been, I hit my head. Uh, it's there also was, very early was, in the morning, Matt Riddle. <laughs> yeah, there was there was blood blisters on Matt yeah. Riddle's ribs where Timothy Thatcher was punching him, and on Matt Riddle's thigh where Timothy Thatcher laced him with a kick early. I mean, in the first two minutes, that that blood bruise was there. So I mean, they went at it from pillar to post all the way, and it was not a lot of flipping and flying, a la you get to Friday and Daniel Bryan and Gulak have a match that's very similar, but not so much the MMA striking, but more the mat wrestling, the reversals, the holes, the, the, the whole building of something to take something away. It was beautiful week of wrestling. And the conversation that I would have to say did something to me emotionally was when Charlotte Flair and Bailey got in each other's face and she basically says, I'm not talking to you. Move out of the way. I'm talking to you. And she focused in. On Sasha. Yeah. And there was emotional looks between Sasha and Bailey that they did not need words to get your attention. It was like they were talking telepathically to you through the TV. Everybody can't do that. That was special. It it even went so far as to we've not even got into Bailey being a heel because it just didn't resonate with us. It seemed like, uh, uh this is all right, but it's you know, it's kind of contrived. Last night, no. People hated Bailey. They they were like, man, what a disrespectful, no good piece of garbage. I just want to smack her. That she made you feel like I'm using you for me. Thus, I have to give out of all the good wrestling this week, as much as NXT is on the tip of my tongue, I would have to say that SmackDown won finally. Well, finally.
0: I'm going to tell you what. SmackDown won. I'm going to tell you what, Mark, I would not be against that. I think it was a good week uh, all around. Um, I think we, I mean, we hit SmackDown obviously really hard in the first hour here on busted open. But when you factor in the promo work, as we mentioned, you talk about Sasha Bailey and Charlotte having their uh, little, their little trio and what they did. I thought that was really uh, well done. I thought Sonia and the passion that she showed cutting that backstage promo on Mandy Rose was really well done. I thought the Daniel Bryan promo Was really well done. The matches were really well done. Smackdown was as good as it has been in quite some time. But Mark, for me, I don't think it was good enough to overtake what was in my mind the best week, uh, best show of the week. And that was AEW Dynamite. Now, you praised AEW Dynamite. It was a great show. And it was a great show for many reasons. But I want to focus on my main takeaway. And that was something you hit on briefly. Cody. Lance Archer and the continuation of Jake, the snake Roberts appearing on my television every Wednesday night, which is like my favorite thing of the last couple months. I, I, I I can't believe how well this man has walked back into the spotlight and is delivering on a week to week basis. Yes, it is in a limited capacity, but when he is on the screen, which is not surprising for those of you that know Jake, the snake Roberts, um, he's captivating, right? But that's not even really what I want to talk about for the for the sake of this weekly winner. How about the fact that the person who's going to be giving out that TV title, that TNT championship title at double or nothing to the winner of Lance Archer and Cody Rhodes is going to be Iron Mike Tyson. Like when I heard that, Mark, I've been I've been talking about it on my local show here in Vegas. I. Listen, should anyone be boxing or fighting at 53 years old? No, they shouldn't. But Mike Tyson in that video that he shared earlier this week, I I am a little bit more than curious. I'll say this. uh, They were showing a replay of McGregor and Mayweather on Showtime last night. And I had to sit through that circus and that carny act and that joke of a fight with all due respect to the, the fighters themselves and the risks they put out prior to that. I thought that was a glorified sparring match. And I, I didn't think there was much in that. So with that, the fact that I had to sit through that, I'm kind of open to a Mike Tyson return because we've already went full absurdity. So let's get real weird with Mike. The fact that he's stepping back in a pro wrestling ring and the fact that it's coming in AEW and the fact that it's coming between Cody Rhodes and Lance Archer, and it's going to kind of put that shine on the belt mark. I loved that announcement. That doesn't really, it doesn't really factor into to making it a weekly winner. I don't know. It was a great show from top to bottom. That was kind of just a nice cherry on the top. And one of the things that I was excited about Walking away from that uh, that show,
2: you know what, and 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 that's a good point. But you know what, I'm I, I kind of hold a strike against the show. Um, the women's match really turned me off. Really, I mean that they, they they did a lot of really cool things, but it was like, okay, I'm going to take a jump now. You catch me, and you do this. And then you go do that, and then I will do this. It was very robotic and slow, and they prostituted a couple of moves that I just, you know, if if a guy if a guy did that, I would give him the same criticism. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, you know, the, for the, for the the matches that were were the main matches, great, but that was one that they need to speed up. They need to not be so contrived, and you know you got to take the good with the bad. Matt Hardy's expressions when they uh, destroyed the drone—he took an inanimate object and made it mournful. He mourned it like it was a human being. Yep. And I'm like, this is too good. This is this is too good. That segment carried the entire show. I mean, the entire show was, to me, the best things were uh, the start and then the match with Kenny Omega and, and, and Matt Hardy, and then at the end when Matt Hardy uh, came in to pick up the pieces, if you will. And that was the show to me. But there was so much more. Uh, The announcement of Mike Tyson is not like an appearance of Mike Tyson. Um, SmackDown, they they worked from beginning to end without a lull. There was no points where you could go to the bathroom. There was no points in the show where you could go and get a snack. And you know I love the snack. And I was I was sitting here just like on the couch. I, I, this is good. I couldn't move. So that is the reason that I give them the nod. And also the fact that um, Otis, he was able to do something that, you know, and I I thought, oh, this is the, Otis' first main event capacity, which I was reminded now he had a main event against Dolph. But it felt like it was. This was Otis's show. He started the show. He had two promo segments, or well, three promo segments in the show with Braun, with Sheamus, um, and and then he he got in the ring and had a match uh, uh, with Morrison and Miz. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And then he came in and was in the main event. It was the show was around a guy that we loved the most in pro wrestling that that, that now the WWE has finally got, okay, let's give him a shot. And they did, and it worked. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, I hate to have to pull out my legal pad and defend this case, you but, just do,
0: like, a pros-cons side, once, one side of the list and the other side of the list. Yeah, man, but <laughs> I, I was
2: I was really impressed with the show. Yeah, And that's was why I th- gave it my number one. And if you're not first, you're last. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM, Fight Nation, Channel 156, the Busted Open Podcast.